Thanks for joining us on West Country Women, the new podcast with Alexis Bowater. Celebrating everybody's business and showcasing women across the West Country region. If you're listening, please follow and rate us five stars. Or if you're watching, make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Produced and supported by Fresh Air Studios. Thank you so much, both of you, for giving up your time to talk to me. And congratulations on both being winners of West Country Women Awards. Can you remember the night? Yes, it was (laughs) so incredible and so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. I had a fantastic evening, especially taking my mum along with me. Do you know, that's really interesting you say that because somebody made a comment and said one of the loveliest things about it was seeing the number of women who'd brought their mums. (laughs) (laughs) what did she say to you oh she had an amazing night I think said how inspired she was by all the different people that were nominated or that won the different awards she loved hearing what everyone had been doing and thought it was fantastic and just such a good atmosphere (laughs) Tanevi I recall you being incredibly erudite in your speech and looking as if you were born to be a winner of awards like this. Were you actually nervous at all? Were you surprised? I was completely surprised. I remember it's one of those weeks where I remember I was going around the country. I think I was in London, Cambridge, then up in Bristol, then down in Plymouth and Exeter. And I was just so exhausted. I remember coming to the evening thinking, This is just such a great event and it's so much fun. And the table I was sat on, I'm sure everyone was lovely, but I think we had about three winners on our table. So I felt the pressure was on by the time it got to me. (laughs) (laughs) What on earth would you have done if you hadn't won? (laughs) So you are both winners of Women in Tech and Women in STEM. Tanuvia, I'm going to come to you because your organisation is Data Duopoly. Just explain to me what you do. Data Duopoly, the spiel is we connect spaces, places and people using data and AI. But what that really means is we are the ways for football in places. So just like how Waze took the automobile sector and used crowdsourced location to show us where the busy areas are. That's what we're doing in towns and cities. And why that's really important to us is because we want to give that data to the town and city planners, to the transport providers to help design better places. So I'll give you an example. We're currently working with transport providers, which is hugely exciting. And we want to understand where we can place new bus stops to improve the services and actually help towns invest their money in routes that people will actually use. So we are using data for good and making the places we live in better. What happened to Data Duopoly after the win? The win was fantastic for us. We actually met one of the lead sponsors of the Go Southwest group, Richard Stevens, and had a fantastic conversation. And we are now developing an API and we have secured an Innovate grant to develop this to help the transportation sector encourage people to explore. So that was fantastic and a direct outcome from the awards. Following that, we've also launched our first app in a town in Explore Falmouth, and we're on track to hit 1,000 downloads over the first month, helping people explore their local area and encourage sustainable transport in our cities and towns. So really exciting, lots of things happening, and can't wait to see what the next year holds. What drew you to tech? Because there's still a dearth of women in tech, isn't there? And it's a conversation that people are having continually and consistently 
about the lack of representation of women in tech. What drew you to it? What excited you about it? And why did you feel that it was a career that was really open to you and that you were enthusiastic about? I think like most people, I actually didn't start off in tech. I took a very different route. I was very interested in STEM as a young child, Mm -hmm. did mathematics and then pursued economics at university and went down a very stereotypical route of sort of working in the city on a grad scheme. And I realised after working about 80 hours a week that let me see if I can do it for myself. And I'd seen the tech sector and I didn't make a conscious decision. This is what I want to do. But I saw a problem and I saw how tech could be utilized to solve this problem. And I found myself in one of the most exciting sectors I've ever been in. That's so collaborative, so supportive and so innovative. And I'm so happy that every single day I feel to be learning something new. Speaking to people like Olivia and Goonhilly, <laughs> using satellite data, being at the Geo Business Show. I think the tech sector opens up so many doors and it doesn't mean you need to have studied necessarily just computer science at university. It's open from a myriad of backgrounds. I approached it from a finance using my skills as a chartered accountant and business strategy to solve a problem using data. But we use tech as part of that solution. Olivia, you're at Goonhilly, which is famous for being a listening station. Just describe for me what it really is. Goonhilly Earth Station, it has a fascinating history, really. The first antenna was built on site back in 1962. It was built as part of the Telstar Satellite Experimental Project at the time, which was all about testing whether we could transmit signals over the Atlantic via the Telstar Satellite. Mm -hmm. So three stations were built for this project, and one of which was situated at Goonhilly, which is Goonhilly 1, and it is also known as Arthur. If anyone listening has ever been to the visitor's centre that used to be open at Goonhilly, it was given that name then. So that first antenna successfully transmitted the first colour TV signal over the Atlantic to America, Mm -hmm. and from then the site just took off really as the number of spacecraft being launched increased the number of antennas across the site increased and the site was involved in some iconic moments in history really such as broadcasting the moon landings to millions of viewers around the globe in 69 also things like the live aid concert in 1985 so it's incredible the history of the site And however, kind of technology changed and we didn't need such huge antennas for communicating with the spacecraft we had, like the geostationary satellites, because some of these antennas are like around 26 metres in diameter, for example. So they're huge dishes. And if you're ever down on the Lizard Peninsula, you just can't miss them. Mm -hmm. And the site, though, unfortunately, the antennas weren't needed to be used so much. And it was around 2014 when our current CEO, Ian Jones, took over the site and had the idea to repurpose some of these huge dishes for other purposes, such as deep space communications. I've spoken to you before about this, but am I right or am I wrong? Is that if there are aliens out there, you're going to hear them first? (laughs) Yeah, looking for aliens definitely isn't our kind of prime business, shall we say. (laughs) But if any alien species out there has ever sent out any radio signals into the universe, then we could use our dishes to detect them. But yeah, the more day-to-day, shall we say, of the work at Goonhilly, 
Goon Hilly 6 is our largest antenna that we've got on site. It's 32 metres in diameter, a huge dish built originally in 1985. And we've recently finished an upgrade program with it so that we can use it for deep space communications. So working with the likes of the European Space Agency to support some of their missions, such as Mars Express, Integral, Gaia. So we've been working with those spacecraft fully operationally now for the last couple of years. So the day-to-day of my role, which is leading the deep space network operations team here, is uh, operating the dish and making sure that we're tracking all the spacecraft that we should be. And it's a really exciting role. And we've, we've constantly got lots of new missions coming online. There's a real growth in the need for deep space communications. What is the most exciting thing you've tracked or heard? It was just after we finished the upgrade programme, the first spacecraft that we worked with it was Mars Express and yeah. Mars Express is an orbiter that's been in orbit around Mars since around 2003 so it's one of the older Mars missions but has provided over the years you know amazing images and such improved our understanding of Mars it was really exciting to be in the operations room and actually being there and seeing the signal being received from Mars Express you know this signal has traveled a large distance Mm. it's just incredible to see the data coming through from it how did you get involved in the space industry when i was younger i guess i've always had an interest in sciencey subjects and i guess i got into it through astronomy when i was younger i used to have a telescope and love taking it outside to look at stars and planets and things so My interest grew from there and I love books and reading all about space and things. So that's how it started. And then I decided to study astrophysics at university to learn more about how everything works. Mm. And actually, when I completed my undergraduate degree, I went to study towards secondary school teaching and gained my PGCE and taught in secondary schools for a number of years, which I greatly enjoyed. However, I realised I wanted to get into a space industry role myself, so then started studying towards a master's degree in space science and technology with the Open University. And it wasn't long after starting that that I got my role at Goon Hilly. That's my journey into it. Yeah. Do you know, I listened to both of you and I think this sounds so exciting. These jobs sound so exciting. You know, data, statistics, tech, (laughs) the planet, science, space. Why is it that such a challenge to get more women involved in tech or in STEM. Tanuvi, what, what do you think the big barriers are and how would you encourage more women to get involved in tech? I think one of the barriers is the poor information going out. There seems to be incorrect stereotype mm. that it's a male-dominated and male-only field. And that isn't the case. And I can certainly speak from a tech background that it is a very welcoming and collaborative environment. And I think people thrive working in teams, working together to solve problems, coming up with creative solutions. And that's something that actually needs a very diverse team. So 
both by gender, both by skill sets, both by experiences. And I think the sector actually wants as many different people as possible to enter. So it's such a shame that the stereotype is that it is male only. And that's not true. But I think what can be done to improve is awareness and giving people the confidence to enter the sector. I think the West Country Women Award shines a highlight on the subject, which is fantastic. I think other programmes around the county and internationally and nationally from the space agencies, from STEM, from actually policymakers and from teachers themselves will really make a huge impact because I don't think it's that women don't want to come to the sector, I think there might be misconceptions of how it is to work in the sector. Mm. And hopefully through these sorts of programme, people can see it's actually really exciting and dynamic. And it's very welcoming to people to enter. Olivia, you can look at this question with lots of different hats on, can't you? You know, you've been a teacher yourself, you've experienced extremely successful career in the world of STEM. Do you think that the way to do it is to go back into the education field or is it to provide more female role models within these fields or is it a combination of both? Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. And I agree with all the things Tanuvi said there around stereotypes and things. I think it goes back to starting from kind of a younger age because, you know, stereotypically, specific genders are expected to be interested in specific topics. And I think it's breaking down those barriers and showing young girls that you can be interested in technical and science subjects as well. And again, on the role models front, I think it's the case of, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. And having these role models is really important um, to help break down those barriers. This is West Country Women. Thank you for joining us so far. If you want to learn about the awards, our community directory, or this new podcast, please head to westcountrywomen.co.uk. We're on all the social media channels too, at The Women Awards. You can find, follow and like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn. And don't forget to follow and rate us wherever you listen to your podcasts and like and subscribe on YouTube. And of course, you two are now role models. (laughs) Not that you weren't before, but you definitely are now. You know, you're award winning women in tech and women in STEM. Tanuvi, do you think that role models or inspirational figures in your life helped you to get where you are did you need a mentor absolutely yes and I echo what Olivia said you know you need to see it to want to believe it and be it both my parents were in the medical field so very interested in science and I saw both my father and my mother work in science careers that certainly gave me the confidence But external to that, I remember a book in university I was so fascinated with was Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg (laughs) and seeing a woman at the top of one of the biggest social media corporations leading the way and giving that as an example. You know, we've had Michelle Obama doing so much work. And I think those are sort of my external role models that says, look what women can achieve and how powerful and how articulate they can be. And that's what I strive to be. But on a more personal note, it is those close around me that have been those cheerleaders, whether it's the friendship group, whether it's the WhatsApp group saying you can do it. Actually, the nominations for an award like this, which gives me the confidence to keep doing what I'm doing. And I think that's what makes the everyday impact. And I couldn't have done it without it. And 
I actually remember my father, he always said, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you'll get. But the moment you stop believing what you're going to do, you definitely won't be there. And that really resonated with me. But having those cheerleaders really helped me along the way because it can be daunting when you put on your UCAS form for for a course that you know is very heavily male dominated. It can be daunting, but you go there and you realize actually it's accepting and it's welcoming and the experience might not be like what you thought it was, but it's so much better. And actually you're paving the way um, for the next year to be even easier for the next woman in STEM or in tech. Olivia, would you echo that? In some ways, yeah. My parents, for instance, don't have kind of a background in space or science or anything like that. But they've always been, you know, supportive and encouraging to be involved in whatever I'm interested in and whatever I want to do and allow me to follow whatever path I was interested in. But in terms of role models within science, I think that was less the case for me, Mm -hmm. maybe more driven by an intrinsic kind of motivation. Yeah, it was difficult in terms of, I guess, in school, you know, studying physics and math subjects. It is more male dominated, especially going on to study physics. At that time, I think there was around 200 in my cohort. There's a handful of women Mm -hmm. on that course. So, yeah, it was challenging in that way. I do think things are changing, especially, you know, with the likes of these West Country Women Awards, I think. Things are going the right way, at least. Do you know, it's really encouraging to see you two talking about your subjects. You're obviously having the absolute time of your lives (laughs) (laughs) and really, really enjoying your jobs. And I suppose in a way that that is one of the most inspirational things that you can do. Tell me, though, you must have secret lives. I know you do, Olivia. You've been immersed in nature, science and water for quite a considerable amount of your life. So when you're not being a scientific superstar... (laughs) What do you do? I know it involves water. Yeah, basically, I love bodyboarding. And I've done it ever since we used to come down on family holidays to Cornwall since I was really young. And I just used to love getting in the water with my bodyboard. Yeah, always really wanted to come down and live in Cornwall so I could be closer to the sea. Yeah, I saw some people once doing some really cool tricks on their bodyboards up at Trianon Bay and uh, thought, oh, I really would love to be able to do that. So taught myself how to do a couple of tricks and went from there, really. And I entered some of the bodyboard competitions that were held and actually won some of those. Yeah, so I was British bodyboard champion at one point and went on to represent England at the European Surfing Championships and the World Bodyboard Games. Yeah, that was an amazing experience. But I still love getting in the water whenever I can and surfing. I'm so impressed. The secret life where you're actually a British bodyboard champion as well as listening out for aliens. I just think it's the best. Tanuvi, what's your secret life? I can say I have tried and I I failed. Very much one of those people that spend most of the time trying to get back on the board. (laughs) Um, But in my spare time, two things I'm very passionate about. 
One is my love for animals. So I spend a lot of time with my gorgeous Labradoodle puppy, who is adorable. And secondly, I also really enjoy rowing. So I'm on the Mevagissi gig rowing team. I'm a cox as well. And I did that at university. And I've really enjoyed trying and continuing it down in Cornwall, albeit slightly different from the river, which is slightly calmer, to the throes of the sea. So that has been keeping me sane during some of the busy working times. It's great to be outdoors and it's fantastic to be in Cornwall and in the southwest where you get those opportunities. I'm going to have to ask you both now, if you were to pass a book forward to your friends or your family, what book would that be? And I'm going to come to Tanuvi. I'm going to go with this book I mentioned before, but Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. And the reason why that one resonated with me so much was because the first time I'd really seen a career isn't a ladder. It's not just one set of rungs that you need to go on. And once you've decided, you can't change. And it's more for Jungle Gym. It's all about gathering those skills, that breadth of knowledge and taking the opportunities and enjoying what you do. And that really resonated with me and stuck with me. And that's what actually gave me the confidence to take that leap of faith from sort of quitting my job in London as a chartered accountant in the big four and taking the plunge to start my own business. And I haven't looked back since because the opportunities I've had have been incredible. I met Tim Peake and was able to pitch in front of him. I went to Switzerland and pitched for the European Travel Association. And those opportunities wouldn't have come unless I'd taken that leap of faith. So that's why I would certainly say Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg really was a book that resonated with me and influenced my professional journey. Thank you, Olivia. Difficult question because I just love books and I've got so many. (laughs) But I think I'm going to pick Chris Hadfield's autobiography, which just helped me, really. Chris Hadfield is an astronaut who spent many hours in space. It's just about his journey to get to that point. And there was some things that I took with me from that book. As I mentioned earlier, I made the career change from teaching into the space industry. And, you know, that wasn't the easiest thing to do, making a career change. It comes with challenges. It was at that time I read his book and in it, it kind of said he wanted to be an astronaut from a young age. So you needed to think like an astronaut. And that's what he did. He thought, even at breakfast, what would an astronaut be eating for breakfast? You know, I'm going to do that. It was kind of changing your mindset in terms of, right, if I want to get a job in the space industry, what do I need to do? I've got to think like someone that works in the space industry. So which then went to be kind of useful. It sounds amazing. I think I'm going to have to go out and buy that one. If you were going to give a pithy piece of enthusiastic and encouraging advice to any girl or young woman thinking of going into STEM or tech, what would you say, Tanuvi? Just do it and use the skill sets that you have and what you love and they are applicable in the sector. I think for the tech, you don't only need software developers, you need creative marketing personnel. You need people who can design the products and use Adobe and all the whole suite of product creation tools. You need people who understand data on the back end. You also need people who are on finance to understand the business strategy. So I would say, do what you love and the sector will find a role for you. So don't ever feel limited or pigeonholed to saying, 
I actually really love one subject, so therefore I can only work in the sector because that's certainly not the case. All sectors need a breadth and variety of skills and talent. So I would say just do it and see what you can do because you won't get it. <laughs> Thank you, Tanuvi. And Olivia? Yeah, totally agree with Tanuvi on that one. Goon Hilly Earth Station, we have a real range of roles within the business. We have you know, graphics designers, through to the people actually operating the antenna. So there's a whole range of different careers. And as Tanubi says, yeah, follow your interests and the rest falls into place in some ways. Also, just if there is something that you're wanting to do, just look for any ways that you can to get involved to help increase the amount of luck that you can bring to yourself. Thank you. And Finally, from these questions, there's one question that I have no idea what it's going to be in a minute, but that's kind of the game that we're playing. The question I want to ask you now is, Tanuvi, what advice would you give 12-year-old Tanuvi? What would the woman say to the girl? I was trying to sort of take me back at 12. I think that's almost the start of secondary school, if I'm remembering correctly. I think you're in year seven and suddenly in the big school and it's Mm -hmm. all very scary. And I would give myself the advice that don't be scared. Use that opportunity to explore new subjects that you wouldn't have done in primary school. Take the time to learn and also fail because sometimes that math problem is really hard. But don't give up because it's only how you work through it. You're going to get better. And once you become better, you might actually really enjoy the subject. So I think looking back, I'd say don't give up. Just keep going and persevere with something because you might love it. Because sometimes things can be really scary at the start, especially when you're at that age. But actually, once you get to grips to it, suddenly you really can love the subject. So I would say persevere and don't give up. Thank you. And Olivia, what would you say to 12-year-old Olivia? Yeah, I would say have belief in yourself, have confidence in yourself, and don't let things put you off, I suppose, because Sometimes people might tell you that, oh, that's a difficult career to get into or, oh, that's really competitive, like you probably won't have much chance getting into that area. Have faith in yourself and, you know, if you work hard and study with something you're interested in, I think your passion kind of shows through and anything is possible. Thank you very much. Now, if you were sitting in the studio with me, you would see, I don't know how much of me you can see at the moment. Can you see anything at all? What can you see? Yes. Can you see see this cap? Yeah, I'm involved with something in it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's got a hundred questions in there. All right. And I don't know which one you're going to pull out because what you've got to do is you shout stop. Shout stop. Stop. Okay. I've got you, Tanuvi. (laughs) You were first. (laughs) If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? I was not expecting that in the slightest. <laughs> I feel like with the rise of Netflix, I'm more of a TV series sort of girl now. So a movie, I'm probably going back a little bit. Yeah. But I was a huge Disney fan. I think it was something magical. And I loved Toy Story. Yeah. I just think it was something about a cowboy and a sort of an astronaut, effectively, <laughs> with flying wings yeah. coming together was incredible. So Toy Story might be my one because I think it's an all-time favourite and a classic. Okay, I'm loving that. Now, Olivia, ready? Tell me. Stop. Would you rather star in a romance-based or adventure-based reality TV show? 
Oh, for me, that'd be an easy one, the adventure one. <laughs> I thought that would the adventure be. challenge, for sure. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Yeah, yeah, but what would the challenge be, you see? We've got to invent this TV show now. I'm a big fan of the Race Across the World okay. programme, so maybe it'd have to be that. I can see you being really good at that, basically. <laughs> can I thank you both very much for giving up your time and talking to me? You are both the most amazing winners and you know within this field of stem and tech you are the most amazing role models you're women that young women will look up to will be inspired by and you are the people they want to see you know when you both were talking earlier you were talking about that whole philosophy of if you can see it you can be it and now people are seeing you i'm really glad that the west country women awards worked for you thank you very much oh thank you that was amazing if you want to find out more about the west country women awards or nominate someone for next year's ceremony visit westcountrywomenawards.co.uk the west country women podcast was presented by alexis bowater copyright west country women awards cic produced and supported by fresh air studios